0: Today is January the 15th. Today we see Joseph down, but not out. as we read through the Bible in a year, I'd like you to read Genesis chapters 39 to 41. In this section, in chapter 39, we begin uh, with the story of Joseph, who has now been sold as a slave, purchased by a prominent Egyptian, the captain of the Pharaoh's guard, Potiphar. He's in Potiphar's house, actually ends up in charge of the entire household. And then Potiphar's wife tries to seduce him. And when Joseph refuses, she accuses him unjustly of trying to seduce her. Potiphar, angry, throws him in prison. Joseph in prison now quickly becomes in charge of the entire prison. These two stories that occur in quick uh, succession are intended to be read together. And in fact, they follow uh, essentially the same structure, even sharing part of the same vocabulary. Joseph is in Potiphar's house. Potiphar is the captain of the Pharaoh's guard. He's later in prison, where he is befriended by literally the captain of the prison. Joseph is put in charge of the house of Potiphar, and later he's put in charge of the house of the prison. In uh, uh, Potiphar's house, the Lord is with Joseph, verse 2. Then in verse 21, in prison, the Lord was with Joseph. Joseph found favor with Potiphar, verse 4. Then later, he found favor with the captain of the prison, verse 21. Chapter 39, verse 1, he was put in charge of everything in Potiphar's house. Verse 22, he was put a, in charge of everything in the prison. 39.2, Joseph is successful in everything that he does. 39.23, Joseph is successful in everything that he does in prison. And then finally, uh, Potiphar had no more worries. Just as later, the prison keeper had no more worries. Now these stories are intended to be read together because they set us up for what happens with Pharaoh. As you read the story, you'll see that Joseph interpreted some dreams of key officials of Pharaoh. Um, The dreams come true. And then later, when the Pharaoh himself has dreams, he asks, who can tell me the meaning of this dream? and it is his uh, chief cupbearer who says, "I know a man," and he tells him about Joseph. Joseph interprets the dreams. The Lord is with Joseph before Pharaoh. Pharaoh has shows grace to Joseph Joseph. Is put in charge of everything in Egypt, and Joseph is successful in everything that he does, and now the Pharaoh has no more worries. The story is repeated three times to show God's goodness to Joseph over the long term. Someone has said that the Christian life is in obedience in a long direction. That's what happens with Joseph. He is obedient and walks with God for the long haul. Enjoy today as you read Genesis 39 to 41.
1: When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer, Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned— With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing, except what kind of food to eat. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man, and Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. "'Come and sleep with me,' she demanded. But Joseph refused. "'Look,' he told her, "'my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing?' It would be a great sin against God. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, no one else was around when he went in to do his work. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, Come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. When she saw that she was holding his cloak, and he had fled, she called out to her servants, soon all the men came running look she said my husband has brought this hebrew slave here to make fools of us he came into my room to rape me but i screamed when he heard me scream he ran outside and got away but he left his cloak behind with me. She kept the cloak with her until her husband came home. Then she told him her story. The Hebrew slave you brought into our house tried to come and fool around with me, she said, but when I screamed, he ran outside, leaving his cloak with me. Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held and there he remained. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison, and showed him his faithful love, and the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners, and everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries, because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him, and caused everything he did to succeed. Some time later, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and the chief baker offended their royal master. Pharaoh became angry with these two officials, and he put them in prison where Joseph was, in the palace of the captain of the guard. They remained in the prison for quite some time, and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, who looked after them. While they were in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night, and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset. Why do you look so worried today, he asked them. And they replied, We both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. Interpreting dreams is God's business, Joseph replied. Go ahead and tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream first. In my dream, he said, I saw a grapevine in front of me. The vine had three branches that began to bud and blossom, and soon it produced clusters of ripe grapes. I was holding Pharaoh's wine cup in my hand, so I took a cluster of grapes and squeezed the juice into the cup, and then placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. This is what the dream means, Joseph said. The three branches represent three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift you up and restore you to your position as chief cupbearer. And please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. Mention me to Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place. For I was kidnapped from my homeland. The land of the Hebrews, and now I'm here in prison, but I did nothing to deserve it. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given the first dream such a positive interpretation, he said to Joseph, I had a dream too. In my dream, there were three baskets of white pastries stacked on my head. The top basket contained all kinds of pastries for Pharaoh, but the birds came and ate them from the basket on my head. This is what the dream means, Joseph told him. The three baskets also represent three days. Three days from now, Pharaoh will lift you up and impale your body on a pole. Then birds will come and peck away all your flesh. Pharaoh's birthday came three days later, and he prepared a banquet for all his officials and staff. He summoned the chief cupbearer and the chief baker to join the other officials. Then he restored the chief cupbearer to his former position so he could again hand Pharaoh his cup. But Pharaoh impaled the chief baker just as Joseph had predicted when he interpreted his dream. Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. Two full years later, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing on the bank of the Nile River. In his dream, he saw seven fat, healthy cows come up out of the river and begin grazing in the marsh grass. Then he saw seven more cows come up behind them from the nile, but these were scrawny and thin. These cows stood beside the fat cows on the river bank. Then the scrawny thin cows ate the seven healthy fat cows at this point in the dream, Pharaoh woke up. But he fell asleep again and had a second dream. This time he saw seven heads of grain, plump and beautiful, growing on a single stalk. Then seven more heads of grain appeared, but these were shriveled and withered by the east wind, and these thin heads swallowed up the seven plump, well-fed heads. Then Pharaoh woke up again and realized it was a dream. The next morning, Pharaoh was very disturbed by the dreams. He called all the magicians and wise men of Egypt. When Pharaoh told them his dreams, not one of them could tell him what they meant. Finally, the king's chief cupbearer spoke up. Today I have been reminded of my failure, he told Pharaoh. Sometime ago, when you were angry with the chief baker and me, and you imprisoned us in the palace of the captain of the guard. One night, the chief baker and I each had a dream, and each dream had its own meaning. There was a young Hebrew man with us in the prison who was a slave of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he told us what each of our dreams meant, and everything happened just as he had predicted. I was restored to my position as cupbearer, and the chief baker was executed and impaled on a pole. Pharaoh sent for Joseph at once, and he was quickly brought from the prison. After he shaved and changed his clothes, he went in and stood before Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night and no one here can tell me what it means. But I have heard that when you hear about a dream, you can interpret it. It is beyond my power to do this, Joseph replied. But God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. So Pharaoh told Joseph his dream. In my dream, he said, I was standing on the bank of the Nile River, and I saw seven fat, healthy cows come up out of the river and begin grazing in the marsh grass. But then I saw seven sick-looking cows, scrawny and thin, come up after them. I've never seen such a scary-looking animal in all of Egypt. These thin, scrawny cows ate the seven fat cows. But afterwards, you wouldn't have known it, for they were still thin and scrawny as before. Then I woke up. In my dream, I also saw seven heads of grain, full and beautiful, growing on a single stalk. Then seven more heads of grain appeared... But these were blighted, shriveled, and withered by the east wind, and the shriveled heads swallowed up the seven healthy heads. I told these dreams to the magicians, but no one could tell me what they mean. Joseph responded, Both of Pharaoh's dreams mean the same thing. God is telling Pharaoh in advance what he is about to do. The seven healthy cows and the seven healthy heads of grain both represent seven years of prosperity. The seven thin scrawny cows that came up later and the seven thin heads of grain withered by the east wind represent seven years of famine. This will happen just as I have described it, for God has revealed to Pharaoh in advance what he is about to do. The next seven years will be a period of great prosperity throughout the land of Egypt, but afterwards there will be seven years of famine so great that all the prosperity will be forgotten in Egypt. Famine will destroy the land. This famine will be so severe that even the memory of the good years will be erased. As for having two similar dreams, it means that these events have been decreed by God and He will soon make them happen. Therefore, Pharaoh should find an intelligent and wise man and put him in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh should appoint supervisors over the land and let them collect one-fifth of all the crops during the seven good years. Have them gather all the food produced in the good years that are just ahead and bring it to Pharaoh's storehouses. Store it away and guard it so there will be food in the cities. That way there will be enough to eat when the seven years of famine come to the land of Egypt. Otherwise, this famine will destroy the land. Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court, and all my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have rank higher than yours. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and placed it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in fine linen clothing and hung a gold chain around his neck. Then he had Joseph ride the chariot reserved for his second-in-command. And wherever Joseph went, the command was shouted, Kneel down, so Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all of Egypt. And Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh, but no one will lift a hand or foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval. Then Pharaoh gave Joseph a new Egyptian name, Zaphonath Penia. He also gave him a wife whose name was Asenath. She was the daughter of Patithera, the priest of On. So Joseph took charge of the entire land of Egypt. He was 30 years old when he began serving in the court of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And when Joseph left Pharaoh's presence, he inspected the entire land of Egypt. As predicted, for seven years the land produced bumper crops. During those years, Joseph gathered all the crops grown in Egypt and stored the grain from the surrounding fields in the cities. He piled up huge amounts of grain, like sand on the seashore. Finally, he stopped keeping records because there was too much to measure. During this time, before the first of the famine years, two sons were born to Joseph and his wife Azenith, the daughter of Patithera, the priest of On. Joseph named his older son Manasseh for he said, God has made me forget all my troubles and everyone in my father's family. Joseph named his second son Ephraim, for he said, God has made me fruitful in this land of my grief. At last, the seven years of bumper crops throughout the land of Egypt came to an end. Then the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had predicted. The famine also struck all the surrounding countries, but throughout Egypt there was plenty of food. Eventually, however, the famine spread throughout the land of Egypt as well. When the people cried out to Pharaoh for food, he told them, Go to Joseph and do whatever he tells you. So, with severe famine everywhere, Joseph opened up the storehouses and distributed grain to the Egyptians. For the famine was severe throughout the land of Egypt, and people from all around came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe throughout the world."
0: scripture reading by Emily Herrera. Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll see Judah's change of heart.